To Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is a podcast all about video game music and the people who love them. And also the equipment that plays them. And the microphones that pick up my voice. And the weather that pervades around the area while you are listening to the music or playing the games of which the music is hosted on. Right. And the headphones which cover the curve of your skull and allow video game music to enter your eardrums and into your brain. And the food that you consume while you're shoving it down your gullet as you're enjoying the sights and sounds and tastes. And then later that evening... No, I'm kidding. Oh, that's (laughs) too far. We are a video game music podcast, and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. We listen to great video game music every week from all consoles and all generations. And this episode is from Podcast World 19... Episode 10, this is the end of season 19. The you, end of our story. I know. It was, so per- 19. it was so perfect that 19-9 was for the Dreamcast episode. It really was. Yeah. I didn't even realize it until it was until it was done and done. I was like, whoa, perfection. Yeah, I, I really liked that doing that episode. I liked our... Uh, 19-9 our, released on 9-9-19. That's right. And it was all about 9-9... Nine 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 ninety nine, right? But nine nine nine, the game wasn't involved in the nine nine ninety nine release date of the nine nine nineteen Dreamcast episode. That was World nineteen dash nine. Wasn't there um a, a company nine nine zero nine? No nine nine eight nine studio nine eight nine. Yeah, they did that one game with the spies and they shoot the things. It was on the PlayStation and it had a really weird system for aiming. It was called. You're asking the wrong guy because it's amazing how much I. I, I think I remember is like when they did announce their games, go nine eight nine studios. So they did some sports games, sports games. I want to say oh, lots of sports games. I want to say we relate with Jet Moto too, but I'm I could be wrong. So hard right now. You got a whole episode to figure it out. No, I don't. Or just cheat and Google it. <clears throat> it's gone forever. Anyway, this episode is all about organization. Get organized, goober. Yeah, I think that's going to be the title on the, on the podcast. Get organized, you goober. Yes. Yes. Games about organization. Um, organizing things in games or um, games where you spend most of your time organizing. Or things that I really need to be getting done at my house. Organizing while you're playing the game? Yes. Or organizing all of your games? All of those things. <laughs> all of it's important and all of it needs to be done. Oh man! Well, before we start, what have you been reviewing lately? What were the last uh, like couple games you reviewed? I'm not going to name one of them because it'll come up on the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been getting into like it's been a, this hilarious sense of like lewd titles I've been getting. Like there was a game okay. called. I know you've been getting these these adult, not adult, but like mature, but not mature, quote unquote mature games. Um, uh, they're not anime games. And this last one, though, I'm concerned there 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 are you're going to get pigeonholed into these titles. That's the thing, though, because maybe I, they like to hear your take on them. Honestly, I'm fine with I don't, I don't mind giving it. It's a hilarious take. <laughs> but this last one I got, I did not expect it to be that. Like mm. it was a game called Gun Gun Pixies on the Switch. Okay, I actually and, read another review of that. Yeah, like yeah. it's a it's a the game itself. By like, just the concept of what it was seemed appealing. It was like you're tiny, you're tiny little alien people mm-hmm. running around mm-hmm. like people's houses, and you have a gun and you're shooting little octopi 
and you're exploring the house. I like games that involve being tiny in big worlds. Like Breath of Fire had a section where you shrunk down and you fought cockroaches in the walls of like a building. Like that was awesome. Probably my favorite part of Breath of Fire One. Yeah, or Katamari Damacy. Yeah, you're yeah. running around the houses, picking up screws and mess. Great stuff. So this game spoke to me, yeah. but then it got weird. But then 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 you then you have to shoot things and it got weird. Yeah, it got weird. Um, aside from that, um, let me see. What else have I really reviewed? Well, what, what did you give it? What, what number did you give it? Honestly, did well, you give it a ratings? Oh no, no, no! In fact, there are no there, there are no numeric ratings. Like they have a weird four. He, well, not weird because it's actually a reasonable format. But he has a format mm-hmm. where um, he just goes by four things. Right. Buy it, try it, deny it, and f it. Why not? Yeah, I like that. There's um, I used to watch this one um YouTube series of like movie reviews mm-hmm. where it was just like. Like they liked it or they didn't like it, and it was all down to did do I agree with the people watching the movie? Like, do I have the similar taste? If I have a similar taste, then I'm gonna agree with them no matter what the rating the movie got on like Rotten Tomatoes. And that's the beauty mm-hmm. of it too. Like, like I actually had a listener inquire recently, and I figured it'd be good to bring up on the show as well. Like, why is it that um, like how do you properly review a game? If you don't have a numeric rating attributed to it, like, you know, 1 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 or whatever. Now, my honest to God opinion on this thing is that, well, one, like, even, oh, hush, you, (laughs) even with the buy it, try it, deny it scenario, it's honestly broken up in a way where, like, buy it is pretty much a vehement, this is one of my best, I love this game so much Mm. that it's a must get. Try it is pretty much everything. Deny is the same strength of, oh, this game is just atrocious. And when it's atrocious, I mean, like, it's got technical problems. It's not even necessarily so much that I didn't personally enjoy. I mean, it's got to have problems to deny. And then the last one, the FYI not, is literally this game costs $2, and it's enjoyable enough that what are you going to lose? It's 2 bucks. Now, the nebulous tri-window, <laughs> and even everything in general, the idea behind a good review is just being descriptive. Now, I'm not seeing read the bullet points off the back of the box. This game has walking and occasional running. You get a gun and you get a grenade. And sometimes you can chew the bullets or you can spit the bullets like some sort of cannon mouth guy. Um, none of that kind of stuff. Though I do give a brief overview. But the overall take on a review without numbers is actually talking about the things you like and the things you don't like. Hearing the actual take on why a person likes or dislikes something. Because in reality, the numeric rating system is kind of nebulous and pointless. Like, there's there's no real value to it aside from a quick take. Yeah. But then that quick take loses... Like, back in the day, maybe it was awesome. But as we get older and more and more hits the market, I feel like it loses a lot of its value. Like, an 8 today? What's that? How's that compared to an 8 from 5 years ago? I mean... Does this game that got an 8 on the Game Boy Advance measure up to this game that got a 9 on the PS4? I mean, the number is just kind of there. Furthermore, I could easily write a review or tell you about a game and just knock it to shreds and then come back at you later and say, yeah, I give this game a 9 out of 10. You should pick this up. And honestly, I joke about this because I'm like, this game is the best game. I love this game. I've had so much fun with it. Here are the reasons why. What do you give it, Pernell? I would never buy this game. This is a waste of your money. Don't even do it. And I'll be like, there it is. There's my review. My, my favorite review is when you're like, Rob, this game was great. 
I enjoyed it so much, you are never going to play it. Exactly. <laughs> Don't and, even bother. And that's the beauty of it, because like, I can honestly, and that's, that's, that's a genuine review. I can say, this is a spectacular game in every way, and I know you won't play it. It's not a knock or a slight, it's just, I have an understanding of your gaming taste. Mm. Now, of course, you might flip on me one day and go, screw you, buddy, I'm going to play it and I'm going to show you. But for the most part, I can kind of gauge that. And the same can go for a listener. They might hear me talk something up, but I might mention that one thing, despite me saying, oh, you need to go buy this today. Mm. They might hear this one element about me liking the game where they'll go, nah, man, that's not, that, that just broke it for me. This right. game only has nightmare mode. That's not how I fly. I want to reason my game. I don't need to suffer like that. Right, right. Oh, it's got great puzzles. Oh, it's got some cute stories and characters. But 50% of the game is like nudie girls. That's not for That's me. That's not for me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then the last element to this, and it kind of ties back into the earlier mentioning of the numbering system, the numbers have kind of gotten flawed in how they're even utilized. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be one through 10. Five is average, 10 is as near to perfect as you're going to get. Right. And one is just abysmal. Don't even bother. And this is like what? Like for what? Metacritic or something? Generally, most game systems, because it's usually going to be 1 through 10 or 1 through 100. So you're just breaking it down to having metrics of 10. Yeah, 1 through 10 with decimal. And with IGN, with their 8 points, it's basically a 100-point system, because 8.5, that's 85. Um, But due to how people perceive reviews to work and how they expect to see them get rated, the actual review scale is 5 to 10. (laughs) <laughs> because if it's in some respects six to ten yeah because if you get a game lower than like a seven it may as well not even exist for people they're like you gave this game a 6.5 right. that's horrible like, no. I, mean, I mean just above average they might not even like run that review on the website because it's so low yeah right it's, and it's a problem because it it diminishes the options available to the actual reviewer to say mm-hmm. This game is a five, not because it's bad, but because I find it to be average. This is an average game. I see. You know I don't play a lot of games, and we should get some music soon, but I don't play a lot of games, but how I discover new games now, or like some stuff that I'm interested in, Mm -hmm. is by following developers and artists on Twitter. Yes! Because like, the game might not be out yet, but you get to see like, oh, I just worked on these sprites, or hey, I just built like this level and it looks really cool. I'm like, Wow! That's so, that's crazy awesome. Like, um, uh, One Step from Eden, which is coming out, like, mm-hmm. that keeps looking cooler and cooler. Um, Super Blood Hockey, that guy is hilarious. I said to get people to play that with me more often, I oh, have that. It looks crazy. And then, um, uh, um, I think the guy who does the, uh, Untitled Duck game, he's got a bunch of stuff. Can't wait for that. He's got a bunch of stuff, like, where he just, like, does these weird, like, 3D models of raccoons just, like, punching each other and, like, <laughs> getting into all sorts of, like, like weird like adventures it's so funny and it's just it's just really cool to see the creative process and people just sharing what they're into and that gets me excited for the games i agree Mm -hmm. there's like there's a game i learned about that way called invisigun which i need to buy Mm -hmm. i haven't bought it yet because i keep telling i'm trying to figure out is it worth buying if it's primarily designed for multiplayer do i need to really focus on the single player and the last thing i heard about i finally said you know screw i'm not even gonna wait for sale i want to give the developers some money and i'm going to buy some probably grabbing it this weekend but it's like bomberman but everyone's invisible. Oh, I kind of like that. That sounds oh, that sounds like a like a hidden hidden like a, a hidden area board game, you know, where like you, you know where your character is. But no one else does. Yeah, you're kind of dropping like sonar on places. So what that happens cool. is you're walking around like you might trudge through snow on uh-huh. the ground, so you'll see footprints, and the person will be able to gauge Ooh, it. And yeah, if you yeah, fire yeah. your gun uh-huh. or use one of your specials, 
you'll briefly show up on the screen. And that's how people go, there he is, he's over there. And they'll start trying to encourage him. And it's just this weird game of cat and mouse where you're like, can I move? Is it safe? You'll be counting your footsteps. Mm. Like, I need to go three spaces. I got to move exactly three and stop. <laughs> and you're, it, it just sound, it oh, hits, sounds, it hits, cool. it's so different sounding. I want to give that, that game sounds my great. attention. Invisig- Invisigun? It's called Invisigun. That sounds cool. Yeah, but yeah, if, if you're listening to this and you're and you're interested about where to look for on Twitter, just look up hashtag game dev, hashtag indie indie game dev, or just hashtag screenshot Saturday. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, and that's where and people don't just don't do it on Saturdays. So it's like you get to see what people have been working on. And even stuff that's just not like gonna get released. Maybe it's stuff that's like um, a game jam or something like that. And I gotta tell you, and then I'll cool. and we totally move it. But I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt now. Not even just because I've been doing reviews, but honestly, even beyond that, mm-hmm. I've hit this weird point where I look forward to these small games way more than AAA stuff. Like Borderlands Three just came out, and I bought it specifically to play with my with Tim, listener Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get to play games with him much, so the fact that he actually bought a PS4 was like, well, I got to buy this game now to play with you. Yeah, but uh, I'm buying it and I'm going to play with him. But was I excited for Borderlands Three? Not really. Mm-hmm. All my friends were. I wasn't. You know what I was excited for? One of the games we're going to talk about on this episode. Oh, yes. And also other dinky games. Like there's a game coming out called uh, Mabel in the Wood, which is this little girl running through the woods with a sword and she can like become monsters. That sounds and great. Fly around and mess. And there's this other game I want to look into. If, even if I don't get a review code for it, I'm going to buy it. It's called like Mistwood or Mistvale. I actually downloaded the demo for it on the mm-hmm. Switch recently and it's. It's awesome. One. Oh yeah, it's like a dungeon exploration game with events in the dungeon, and the characters like they're like they're like gritty Etrigan Odyssey looking characters. <laughs> oh, cool! It's I I well, like I'll, t- I'll tell you what, like um, missed over, missed over. If you're interested in some of the games that we're talking about, um, in the show notes on the on the website, um, we'll have links to these things and like maybe like trailers and stuff that you can check out. All right. So this episode is all about organization. Get let's get organized. Yes. Okay, so this game Goober. This game I have put more hours into than probably any game I've ever played. It's Final Fantasy X? It is. No, it's got to be more than that. I swear it's more than that because I've played it on planes. I've played it waiting around. I've played it during work meetings. Played I've, it with ham. This is played the, it with some spam. This is on iOS. I think you can get it on, on Steam and some other places, but it's called Threes. And it's this track is the only track that plays in the game if you decide to have the music playing. It's by the group or by the, the artist Big Giant Circles, who <laughs> uh, is uh, Jimmy Henson, and the track is called Threes is the Bee's Knees. It, it is by Jimmy Henson. By that Jimmy Henson, Big Giant Circles. So let's go. Little Jimmy Henson. Little Jimmy Henson, let's play some Threes.
listening to the track Threes is the Bee's Knees from the game Threes on iOS, composed by Big Giant Circles, Jimmy Henson. Big Giant like, Circles, Jimmy Henson. It was like Jimmy Henson made a huge circle for this track. That was probably one of the longest normal tracks we've ever featured on the show. Yeah, it's tough because like it's a puzzle game that you, it's very meditative and you spend a lot of time on it. And there's only one song. And it's not like during the title screen, it's when you start playing. So it's got to be real long and loop really well. And it seems like this one does exactly that. I yeah. was listening to it, and it honestly sounded like something that could have easily been in like the Trails of Cold Steel, mm. like a town theme or like a sh- like an event sound, like just talking to some people about their day. Like, hey, do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I know. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. I like the um, the accordion. I can kind of get that vibe, like in a town theme, you know, walking around and everyone's pretty happy. As that one guy, he's just doing polka in the corner. No one can shut him down. He's just having too much freaking fun. <laughs> Love it. So so what the heck is Threes? Because honestly, threes when a, I hear the title, amazing. I just feel like they took the match three genre and just distilled it down to its most base form and say, here's some music over it. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's so you have uh, tiles. I think it's from like five by six, and each one's got a number on it. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a three, you can only drag a three on top of it. Oh, okay. And then that three turns into... Three plus three turns into a six. Now you can only put a six on top of the six. That turns into a twelve. Oh, so this is basically twenty forty eight. It's the sequel, essentially. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're, so you, but you start the game out with a one and a two. They can only match together, mm-hmm. and then you end up with threes. And then you're matching threes until you get to the highest tile you can. But it, it gets tight so fast. Like, so fast. This could be money. See, this is like the, the eventual update to Money Puzzle Exchanger, basically. Oh, my God. It's it's insanely addictive. Um, so, I got... So, when I... I used, I used to get really nervous on airplanes, mm-hmm. like, especially during, like, takeoff and landing. And so, I got super addicted to Sudoku, which is in itself a very, like, organizational-based game. It distracts you while you're doing all the takeoff yeah. and landing. Um, and then Threes eventually took over for that. When I was, like, traveling back and forth for, for work a lot in Texas... I would play threes constantly, and then I would play it during meetings. Like, you know, it's just like... Probably were glad when they finally started letting up on all the restrictions on the planes. Like, you can't have, like, trust. Now you can. Yeah, it's like, it's just, just turn to on airplane mode. I'm like, sure. I can play threes. I never understood that. Well, I don't want to be... I'm sure someone's going to write back, or maybe not. I don't know. But, like, I was always confused. But I was like, I know my thing. My phone has nothing... is not affecting the instruments in any way. This is not demagnetizing the plane. Yeah, it's probably just like, you know protecting themselves from anything else that could that could happen yeah because i guess if yeah. you're up that high a what if is enough <laughs> but uh yeah the um it's very just it's just matching numbers together and then just trying to get trying to organize things in a way so that you can always get the higher numbers onto the higher numbers because once you have like a really high number like a 500s or something mm-hmm. it's so hard to get the next one because then you're, you're that much, you can't move that one around anymore. Like it's stuck until you can match it up to another one. And if I remember correctly, oh, the general so premise is you're just trying to survive because eventually you'll make your, you'll give back yourself in the corner where yes. no legal, low legal moves exist. Exactly, and you can do that real fast. You can back yourself in the corner so fast, and you're like, how did I do this? And so, and so it's addictive. You go it over and over and over and over again. And this music's going on in the background, and it's so good. The music is so good. I've never turned it off. It's oh. that good. Honestly, it's doing a great job looping this dialogue because it's it's a perfect background. It's, it's not it's not interrupting anything. I don't notice anything about it that would set me off to mm-hmm. not want to continue having a conversation. This is a quality tune. This is a quality tune. I like it. 
I like all of the instruments. I like the little the little singing in, be- in the middle. I love that I'm drinking a chai tea while I was playing, too. Yeah, man. Well, it's a frozen chai you tea. You are, like, all about the nighttime caffeine. I don't know why. I'm sure it doesn't even work <laughs> anymore. I keep considering giving up caffeine or yeah. at least severely reducing it and seeing how it affects my blood. But, ah, eh, like caffeine. It's hard. Lot. It's hard, man. Caffeine is, like, probably my biggest addiction. Like, I'll have a day where I have, like, almost none, and then I'll have a day where it's just, like, nonstop. I'm like, I want more! Ah. Hey, at least it's not drywall, right? Yeah. Drywall? Yeah. At least it's not drywall. Yeah. Or, you know, couch cushioning. Or couch cushions. Yeah. Or why would I eat couch cushions? Or use diapers. Okay, so at least it's not garbage. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. It's It can't be that good for me. You know what I mean? Like... We went to, um, I went to a DDR tournament last weekend, um, and I took you with me. Mm-hmm. And it was not just any DDR tournament. It was like a marathon set. And so I had an hour to warm up, an hour to modify the pad to how I wanted it, and then an hour to finish as many stupid hard songs as I could in an hour. And I actually didn't do that bad. Um, I ranked 22nd out of 24th in the lower division. Nice. Um, and it was only because I picked songs that I could finish. And for the for Mostly, those yeah. and for those who are like twenty second out twenty fourth, oh what? But to even get to that, to yeah. be allowed in that, is rough because I didn't watch for long because <laughs> I had my own agenda when I got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, all the games. oh, I was getting in, getting but, in. Yeah, but it was it's crazy. Yeah, and in the the high high level stuff was happening earlier in the day, like. The upper division, you had to, actually had to do that hour-long thing, and then an, and then an, uh, an official, not an official, like an actual marathon mix of Pic- 60 minutes. Picture going to your local Dave & Buster's or Round 1 arcade, and you see that group of guys are by the machine who clearly have been there for a bit. They got the towels out, and they're high-fiving each other, mm-hmm. sweaty, and they're just moving like gazelles across <laughs> arrows. And you're like, how in the heck are they doing it? But then they always stop after two minutes, and they catch their breath, and they choose another song. With Rob doing it, and this thing he was in, there is no stopping. There's no stopping. It's that same pacing of insanity that people aren't trying to do for two minutes, and he's doing it for an hour straight. Yeah. It looks it's, it makes me tired watching it. It's crazy. The, the lower division didn't have the full hour, so it was like I only had like 14 minutes on a timer. It, so I, I could use that between songs, but that went by so fast. <laughs> it went by so fast. Part of the fun, though. It's oh yeah, I loved it. I loved and it. And the best part is when we ultimately left the place, you were like sore in the legs, and I was sore in the hands yeah. and arms. Like my fingers were blistered. <laughs> yeah, like you said, my fingers are tingling. Yeah, they were literally blistered. I didn't. When I got home, my fingers still hurt, and they didn't feel better until the next morning. So I was like, I'll I'll drive with the steering wheel, and then you hit the pedals. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was a teamwork makes a dream work. Um, but yeah, so I, I brought that up because I had a lot of caffeine that night because I usually play in the mornings and I didn't get my time slot until 11 p.m. That so was I my played wheelhouse. until midnight. Oh my gosh! And so yeah, I'll go 1:30. Yeah, I got him at 1:30. The um, at least it wasn't that far away. But the uh, I was drinking this energy drink called Rain R E I G N. Oh, yeah, I love that that? brand now. They have, like, cotton candy flavor. That's my favorite. I drank two of those. My heart was like... (laughs) (laughs) It gets you going, man. I didn't really really drink two of those. I drank one of those. But it was, was like, too much. It was way too much. Although I love that flavor. Mm -hmm. And it's... um, I'm a sucker for the sugar. Or the sugary flavor. I don't think there's any sugar in it. It's just all, like... It's all chemical. It's it's faux sugar. It's the faux sugar. 
All right. So what's your what's your first track? My this, track this will not be this lengthy, but so, it will be good. Yeah, we gotta keep it in order too. So if you can keep this like an alphabetical or numerical. So this is three. Is your track number four? No. Damn it. But <laughs> I could pick one and keep the alphabet rolling. That could be pretty funny. I'll do that actually. So my first track is actually from the game Animal Crossing: New oh. Leaf. See? Hey. Oh, okay. Boom. Okay. Um, so now you get, well, obviously, I, I, if you don't manage to break this order after this, I'll be shocked because there's no way that I'm going to have to be able to do the full stream. Anyway, Animal Crossing New Leaf, track title is called T.I.Y., and the comp- composer is Kazumi Totaka. <laughs> You're listening to T.I.Y. from the game Animal Crossing New Leaf for the Nintendo, I want to say 3DS. And it was composed yeah, by Kazumi right. Totaka. It's funny that I didn't even remember the name, what system was on, <laughs> even though I friggin' owned it for a long time. Um, this game is a perfect, perfect mm. first pick for me for the show because it emboldens organization. Is the Well, I won't say anything. Boltons it because it's already it's it's a it's a part of the game, not the other way. The game is like, but the yeah, game yeah. is the game is the epitome of the, of the organization. There we go. So, first and foremost, this track is one of the shop things that takes place in that place throughout the game. So, as you play the game, you are buying tons of stuff and you're upgrading the town using your finances, and slowly but surely, the shop gets bigger and bigger and offers more and more stuff. So, first thought of organization and why factions of this game. In regards to this choice is, of course, the shop itself. Having tons of merchandise, always stocked the exact specific set of things every day. There's going to be like two carpets, two wallpapers, and like a bed or something. And then some junk, because there's tons of junk in this game that can be purchased. Mm -hmm. Now, the real issue, and why this game drove me batty, is that the entire game is collecting things. That's... Pretty much what Animal Crossing is. Yeah, you can talk to your animal friends or whatever, but I ain't time for that. <laughs> you're collecting stuff. You're collecting bugs. You're collecting shells. You're collecting furniture, garments, and you gotta store it all somewhere. And in my case, 
It was in my slowly increasing in size house, which I kept expanding. I would add a room here, add a room so there. You, you get a room and just fill it with like seashells? Oh, I'll get to that. <laughs> so start out with one room in your house. Oh. Not much stuff there. Oh, well, let me tell you a story. Yeah, oh, it got bad. So it starts out, you get that one room, and you don't have a lot of stuff in the game, so you're kind of relaxed. Like, okay, well, I got this. I see this cool, I don't know, like polka dot furniture set. I'll get the polka dot couch, the polka dot wallpaper, polka dot carpet, blah, blah, blah. And you set the whole thing up. It looks nice. Mm-hmm. Then you learn to learn there's an two-shape <laughs> wallpaper furniture set. You go and buy that. And now you got to do something with the old furniture. You don't want to sell it because what if you want to use it later? You might want to accessorize and change it up a bit for when you no, get visitors to your town. That sounds like Purnell thing. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the one time I where I think does. people this agree is... with me. This is an Animal Crossing thing. No, this is an Animal, this this is is an not, animal Crossing This is not thing. a Purnell hoarding all the high potions in Phoenix Downs you can find. Oh, no. no. But I do feel like I'm probably above and beyond what some folks do because <laughs> what would happen is I did it. And I did it again. <laughs> and I got another room added to that so I could use two furniture and wallpaper sets. Third room, then a fourth room, then a basement. That's when it got really big. Because <laughs> the basement became storage heaven. I had basically this, the basement could just be this giant room. And Don't each room, out in the basement, it was a bunch Rob. of squares on the floor. Now, each tile on the floor could hold one item. So mm-hmm. I would have rows upon rows laid out where I'd have, like, this row is all wigs. This <laughs> row is all carpet. So this like- row is all wallpaper, but it matches horizontally, sorry, vertically, uh, with the actual rug that oh, I, I had on it. the upper row. And I just kept doing it. So and you it- had, like, a house, and then you go in the basement, and it was just, like, stuff. It's just stuff. <laughs> it was, like, life imitating reality, game imitating reality. Yeah, art just, imitating life. Yep. It was just... A bunch of junk piled up in my basement, well, and if now, I went down there, I was like, "Okay, I gotta find, I gotta find my my disco wig. Where the heck is it? The basement." The now I've seen your game room, and now it's life imitating art. But then this is where the gears <laughs> where art goes beyond the life. Oh no! See, outside <laughs> of the house was grass, sitting atop dirt, mm-hmm. dirt which could be moved with a shovel. So I would also. Bury things <laughs> that I needed to have that wouldn't fit my house. Am I going to find all your old Sega Saturn games like buried in the yard? You might. I'm not going to tell you because then you'll them up and then say, we did it for your own good, Purnell. We purged your backyard of all of your collectibles. I just, I just needed more space for all my PlayStation games. Yeah, Rob. all the SNES games are stored in plastic bags my, buried in the back. Wait, I said too much. All my special editions that don't actually fit on a shelf. They're now in the backyard. They're in a chest in the backyard. No one will find it. <laughs> Ever. Ever, wow. but yeah, this game is horrible for them. <laughs> and I can picture some folks having it where they're like, "Yeah, I only want three furniture sets, and I'll just sell the rest to a friend, or mm-hmm, just dump mm-hmm. them at Nook's shop, <laughs> right. or the Nooklings rather, their yeah. shop." But Nooklings. it's just so much. And then I didn't even get to the fruit yeah. and the turnips. Well, do they go bad? The turnips do. Turnips go bad. Yeah, it's so a fruit. Fruit's like what? That's like waxed. Yeah, it, probably. <laughs> it surprisingly never goes bad. But there was a um, my memory might be off here, so someone might correct me. There's, I'm pretty sure they were turnips or okay. something like a turnip. Yeah, but you could grow those like the other ooh, fruits ooh, and ooh, vegetables. Ooh. And uh, now, if you didn't jump ahead in the episode, I remember the name of the game. It was called Siphon Filter from Nine Eight Nine Studios. Bam! Good yeah. memory. All right, I, t- I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> It just took like 40 minutes. <laughs> so you would get these turnips. 
and you could sell the turnips right. like any other thing. Yeah. Now, with the fruit in the game, each town had a different fruit that was worth, you know, that was like a common and grown thing there, and it was worth more money sold there than otherwise. So you could do that. But with turnips, there was like a stock market sort of thing where every week oh, turnips would have a certain new monetary value to them. Mm-hmm. And depending on what they were in your town, you need to be the time to sell them or the time to just not sell them. So you're playing you're playing the turnip market. Playing the turnip market. Ooh. But they spoil. So if you hold on to the turnips for too long, they'll go bad. So you spent tons of money to get these turnips planted and grown and then they die. So you get no money. So what I used to do, start out small, hang out with friends online in my little video game group that I created. Mm-hmm. And when someone had a high-value turnip market, they'd go make the announcement, come to my town, sell your crap, nail the time, sell, sell, sell. So everybody would start commuting this guy's town. You have to promise not to vandalize anything. I never kept that promise. And you would go in, and you would sell your junk, make a hearty profit, leave a small cut for the person who lets you in, and then you'd go home. And then eventually, I had to go, I had to go, wild, I had to go worldwide. So I joined Reddit. For the sole purpose what? of trading oh. turnips. Trading turnips. It's the only reason I join Reddit. And did I have like a karma of two. Okay, <laughs> did you spend real money no. on the turnip market? No, no, no. no, no, no. no, no. You didn't I'm, want- I'm too cheap for that. I'll never spend real money on a game. Do you think that's not Do you buy think it. people, other people did spend real yes. money? Yeah. Wait, maybe. It depends because you'd have to spend it outside of the game. Like, you'd have to be yeah, like, hey, yeah. I'll give you 10 bucks if you let me come into your town yeah, and no. sell these turnips. I mean, like, this is, like, way old school, but there was a guy I used to work with at Office Depot. I mean, this is a long time ago. And he he did, on the side, was he would farm rare items in Diablo or something. Oh, yeah, did people still do that. And he would sell it to people, like, on floppy disks. And I was like, dude, people are giving you money. He's like, yeah, man, I made a few hundred dollars. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is Diablo. People do that mess now. There's cats that will make an account, max it out, and get tired of the game, and then sell it to someone else for, like, 500 bucks and say, look, I'm done playing Diablo. You want my maxed out account? Man, that is... Or in my case, someone will steal right your account. You don't play Diablo 3 forever, yep. and then you come back to the game three years later for a kick of nostalgia and see that three maxed out characters in your file that someone else used when they stole your account to farm items that they were selling to <laughs> other people. <laughs> and you're like, what? Oh, that's crazy. It was To get around like the terms of service, like they use someone else's account. And... Yeah, I was oh, shocked. Like, Why are these characters on my game? Because someone stole my account in the past, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it. Mm. Well. We're going to move on here. We're, my next game is also from iPhone, iOS, and it's called I Love Hue. Like, I love Hue, but Hue, H-U-E as in, like, colors. Um, this is the main theme from the game. Um, not, not, I think there's only one theme. It's just the, the, the title theme. And the artist is unknown. I couldn't find the composer. It's very possible that... It's not a team of developers or a team that worked on this game. It's like a team in quotation marks, and it's like one guy. <laughs> he, uh, but he just wants the world to know that he wants to be a part of a team. It's an amazing game. It's really great. It's out there for free, um, unlike Threes, which I think is like $3, but worth it. Hugh is just an amazing, or I love Hugh. It's just an amazing, amazing puzzle game. Admittedly, Hugh is also a great puzzle yeah, game. Hugh is awesome, too. Yeah, that was free for a while on, uh, on PlayStation Network, but... Oh yeah, this is the main theme from the game I Love Hugh for iOS, and the composer is unknown.
This is the main theme from the game I Love Hugh for the iOS. Composer is unknown. This, this game is, is yeah. This is amazing. This game is like this game is like one of the ones where they, they advertise it as the relaxing game to calm yourself in a stressful world. And again, it's uh, it's it's a set of tiles, but all of the tiles are colors, like gradient colors, and they all match up to be a uh, a series of gradients from like red to blue and everything in between, mm-hmm. up and down, left and right. Like maybe up, maybe up and down is red to purple, and then left and right is red to maybe yellow. Yeah. But then like everything else in between, you have to figure out. It's all <laughs> like like levels of like combining the colors. Yeah, it's every and then all the tiles get mismatched, and so it's just a matter of just taking the tile, move it over here, move it over there, move it over here, move it over. You're swapping tiles until you get the gradients right in the right spot. All right, so it's and like it a sl- it's basically sense. a sliding block puzzle like we used to grow up, but it's like it's based on colors. Yeah, it's not really sliding blocks. You're swapping. You can swap them anywhere on the thing, but it's just colors. But what makes it interesting is that you never – it doesn't tell you when it's in the right spot. You only know from looking at it until until the puzzle's completed. But then once it's completed, it feels really good because then you're like, oh, all the, all the colors like actually blend together perfectly. And then the whole screen wipes to the actual like color gradient, and it looks really pretty. And like, then it goes like the next a color maelstrom. Yeah, it's it's really cool, but what's what's really neat about it is you don't realize the um, how your brain really wants to put things in order. So if it's looking at a yellow, but if the yellow is surrounded by all these other blues, it doesn't look yellow anymore. It looks like brown or orange or something until cool. until you move it outside of like this blue section, and then it looks green or yellow or whatever it needs to be. So like until you move things around. Your brain is like assigning colors to things because it just can't handle all that information. I gotta just flat out say, just for some weird reason, it just made me want to think of it and say, it. the concept of colors is amazing. It is. It just it's the fact that, in a sense, nothing actually has color, and the color is based off of light reflection. Yeah. And then all humans pretty much can not all, but most humans can pretty much see color hues within a similar spectral mm-hmm. range with the exception of folks that are either colorblind or just have like they're missing certain colors right but like generally we're gonna both see blue if we look at that container now will I see like a weirder shade of blue don't know I, that's why I, I, it's interesting because like I, I thought about this a lot when I was in art school it was like color doesn't exist without light and we're only processing what we're seeing as a color. We're both seeing blue, mm-hmm. but we might be seeing completely different blues. Yup. You know? It's amazing, isn't it? And then you get that one thing, like, for example, that goofy dress thing that came up yeah. many moons ago. Is yeah, it gold or was it gold and white yeah, or blue and that's magenta perfect, or whatever? That is an example of how Hugh plays. Imagine that dress, and you got to match it back together to a specific color. Oh, I'd quit. <laughs> it's, I'd quit. But it's just like, it doesn't time you. It doesn't like count like how many moves you made. You just do it. It's really fun. Just relaxing. It's just very cool. It's very very cool. So, um, highly recommend this title, and it's free. So, go try it. Joe Hewan. Give it a ten out of ten. <laughs> Don't you dare! <laughs> I give this game a malevity out of Schenectum. Yeah, I got um, I got Christy playing it. Really? Yeah, she's, she's, she got into it. Well, I shouldn't be surprised there. I mean, I, think, I feel like if she's going to play a game, it'll be a puzzler, some sort of, like, thinky puzzler game. Yeah. Yeah, she's really into 
the um, if there's an aspect of the game that's like putting things in order, she's really into it. Oh, she'll like this episode. Yeah, I mean, she'll spend like hours just organizing her books. Like, and she's been doing that since she's been like like little. Like, she'll just take all of her books off the shelves, and then like she'll assign. Like when she was a kid, she actually made her own like library system, and she put like like numbers on the binders, like you know, like like a Dewey Decimal system. And oh, she, that's pretty cool. She organized everything. What's crazy? This is years ago. We were like maybe like uh, ten years ago, or maybe eight years ago. You know, there's like a book swap that happens at the at the Concord Mall. Yeah, you can you can buy like used books. She found one of her old books when she was younger, like one of her actual books. Yeah, that that must have gotten sold off, like 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 when the house was sold or something. And it had her handwriting on it. It had like the sticker on the spine with like the old Dewey Decimal System. That would like, feel really good to and see. And we looked at that. We're like, that's so neat. Like, like that's it's all kind of. Did she buy it? I probably. I don't. If remember. she did not have. To- okay, if she did, it's not around anymore because we've had so many books that after our um, second move, we we just can't do it anymore. Books are so heavy. That's going to be me if I ever leave my house. It's like <laughs> the hardest things to do are moving like a couch. Mm-hmm. In a very difficult hallway, mm-hmm. and then my wife's books. <laughs> yeah, because books are stupid heavy. I think I even carried <laughs> yeah. a few of those. I was like, "Why? Why is this so bad?" Yeah, I mean, my records are, are heavy too. I mean, that's like three or four boxes of records, but that's just like three or four crates. You know, you can, you can do that. But books just stack and stack and stack. So and they say nerds are wimps. If you're reading <laughs> that many books, you gotta have some muscles. Yeah, you gotta have some muscles to carry them around, unless they're all on the Kindle. Oh nah. Yeah. Actually. Now the Kindle, you dweeb. <laughs> dweeb. I, oh my god! I, I, the Kindle, the idea of a Kindle holding books mm-hmm. makes total sense yeah. in the sense of like maintaining space. But there's that warring sense of I want to flip the pages. Oh yeah, I yeah. want to hold the book. So then you hit that point where you're like, That's a thing. when is it worth holding the book and having that space taken up in your home versus having it on the on the yeah. Kindle and just flicking it up? It's it's crazy. Um, I mean, she's going through that with like you know some things that she wants to hold and have the pages to go through it. Sometimes it's easier to retain information or sometimes it's just like quick fantasy or sci-fi that might be like five or six books in a series that you're not sure that's going to be great. Just download them. You know, that way you're not like adding more to your shelf that you might not have space for anymore. But yeah, she's, she's just really into putting things in order and it's awesome. I love her. All right. Um, We are on to your Second track. And you've already borked the order. Like I called it, though. I called it. I borked the order. Oh, your order. I don't know what you're playing next. No, no, no. The alphabet. You challenged the alphabet, remember? Oh, I challenged the alphabets. You brought what they did. me think of whatever it would be funny if we like a weird alphabet series like A, B, C on one episode, oh, then well, D, E, F. And then, but that would get old, I guess. Can we go through the entire yeah, alphabet? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, a, a little shout out to uh, Ed Wilson of, of the podcast, the VG Embassy. He's been doing a series of his favorite composers, and he's been doing it in alphabetical order. Oh, really? Pretty sure. Either that or that's how I dreamed it. I dream about Ed a lot. Oh, my God. See, my that, therapist tells me I should stop having so much caffeine at night. You want to talk about dreams? Actually, I should mention this on the show because be, I think it'd be a well, good Well, let's, let's get some more music going, good and then we'll, then we'll get to that. Yeah, It'd be a good topic for Actually, the music might go great for it, too. Awesome. So, this track comes from the game Columns 3, Revenge of Columns. Oh, yeah, Revenge of Columns. And the track title is called Explorer, and the composer is Morihiko Akiyama. Mm. Great soundtrack.
Welcome back. You're listening to Explorer from the game Columns 3, Revenge of Columns for some reason. <laughs> for the Sega Genesis, composed by Morihiko Akiyama. So, first thing worth pointing out is the fact that I love this track. It is... I actually had to look this up because I've played Columns 2 but didn't really do too much of the other Columns games. But I, was in, I wanted to find a track from a Columns game and this one hit the spot. Did you get a chance to try Columns 3? I did. This track apparently plays in a mode you can select where you're kind of like battling enemies inside of a pyramid. Hmm. So think like Dr. Robotnik's Me B Machine versus, but you're in a pyramid and you're playing columns. Cool. So, fun fact, I think this may be a puzzle game that I'm more I'm more bad at than like possibly like Poyo. Mm. So I always consider Poyo to be like the hardest puzzle game for me in the sense of like doing well because of the amount of mental gymnastics you have to perform to get yeah, yeah. combos. But I feel like it's a, it's like a chess, like thinking ahead, like four or five moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But with columns, it's just the orientation that screws me. The fact mm. that the pieces are always vertical, yeah. there's always three, and you're trying to like get that thing where like one piece, the, the color you want at the bottom, the next piece, the color's in the middle, and the next piece, the piece at the top. My brain doesn't want to think that way, especially when it comes down to doing large-scale comboing. Right. I want to just be like, here's a line, break it! Yeah, you're but, used to, it's almost like you're used to going horizontal. Yeah, yeah. probably honed by the days of Tetris, because I think that mm. was my first true puzzle game. So why I picked this track, or in general, for the scope of the episode, that is literally what puzzle games typically tend to be. Mm. The, the regardless of the style of puzzle game, you're always made to organize something. Whether you're organizing blobs or tetraminos or dice or gems, you're always trying to take a mess of a hole and organize it in a way that it will uniformly break, shatter, sink, whatever the thing is for right. the game in an order that will generate the most points and also look just the most spectacular. Yeah, I think that's why people... People have said that's that's why that's one of the appeal to Tetris, like the universal appeal to Tetris, is 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 there. It's because it's all about just like getting all of these misshaped blocks to fit together in one mm-hmm. big block, you know, without any gaps. It feels really it, good. And our brains, again, like back to the whole thing about my the whole thing about brains and seeing colors. It's the same thing. Our brains want to see patterns, and if it can't get to the pattern, it gets frustrated or it breaks, like mm-hmm. a, like an optical illusion. And that's when yeah. you get the frustrating people. Like, this is stupid. Yeah, this yeah. game sucks. Why am I not getting the line piece? Where's my L piece? Where's the L piece? Squiggly. Squiggly. Oh, I missed that. was a cool comic strip. That. I think college humor there was like, was like the god of Tetris. Yeah, the god like, of Tetris. My lord, uh, I think he deserves an L piece. Squiggly. No, he needs an L piece, my lord. Squiggly. <laughs> it was so good. So you were, um, we were talking about dreams earlier. Oh, God, yes. I yeah. had... So I don't know whether it's if I'm having a weird day or if I just or bad day mm-hmm. or something I ate that was bizarre before I go to bed. But I have this penchant for having bizarre dreams. Pernell, are you going to bed with the sandwich again? <laughs> oh, I can't stay mad with sandwich. Of course I'm going to bed with the sandwich. Um, so what was this dream I had last night? So I had a dream that I was in a show called Burn Notice. Yes, which is a real show. But not this one. This was a different Burn Notice somehow. And I didn't learn Burn Notice was a real show until I looked it up this morning so to ever, see. Everyone's like, oh, was Bruce Campbell in it? He's yeah. really good in that. No. And I didn't even know he was in the show. That's how, that's how little I knew about this show. Anyway, you, should, you should watch it sometime. It's, it's pretty good. So I was in a show called Burn Notice, except that I didn't know if it was really a show or if I was just insane in a world that I perceived to be a show. Mm. But the premise of this Burn Notice was an 8-year-old and a 10-year-old brother and sister 
were horribly murdered by way of a fire by a person. I'll get to that maybe later. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, they wake up in the bodies of a 38-year-old woman and a 35-year-old man, mm-hmm. completely unrelated to each other, but in the same city. Hmm. And they are living their lives as these people. Meanwhile, they're now childless parents are in mourning, and they're trying to investigate the murder of their children, and they're trying to assist the police and their family with figuring out who killed them and why they're in this weird predicament where they're uh. new people, but they can't reveal too yeah. much because they'll become suspects in their own murder. Hmm. Furthermore, the only people that know who they are is me, because I'm apparently aware of this TV universe. I'm a security guard for the condo that they're both living in in different ho- different condos. <laughs> so it's this weird madcap adventure of solving murders. I like that story, though. I feel like that would be like a really cool movie or like television series. Hey, yeah. I just feel like I need to write it now because yeah, I exciting. woke up like, no, go back to sleep. This is a great <laughs> premise. I loved it. Oh, I loved man. it. And, of course, I was cracking wise jokes like, oh, you kids, are you crazy? <laughs> Whatever. I'm going, I got to get back to work. I'm running late. I got to catch that murderer. <laughs> Let's get down the business, children. Oh, man. All right. We're running a little late here, so I'm going to go on to my next track. This is from a game on Steam called Engare. Have you heard of this one? It's not Unguard? It's uh, E-N-G-A-R-E. Oh, it's just lacking the D. Yeah, it's Ungare. Um, and it is a puzzle game on Steam. It's all about um, kinetic art or like um, a kinetic geometry, which is very, it's the only reason like it caught my eye, my attention. I never got a chance to play it, but it's very, very pretty. And the track name is called Narenj, N-A-R-E-N-J, from the game Angare, composed by Meme Rasuli. Not Angare? No.
You're listening to Narenj from the game Engare, composed by Meme Rasuli. And this is a game about kinetic geometry. Yeah, you actually showed me a clip of it just now while the track was playing. And I got to say, it looks pretty cool. And it's like a variety of different puzzle scenarios mm-hmm. where they all involve kinetic energy and making it result in the way that the game wants it to look when it's done. Like, they'll break at this tower of bricks. They need to land in this exact way. Yeah. It's it's like it's like the art that you find within like a it's like a physics game but like doing it in a very artfully way. Like so much so that there's a mode within the game that you can just create designs by creating like little engines of like falling shapes and spinning shapes to draw these big spirographical like like spirography kind of like Moroccan tile designs and then you can color them and then flip them around in 3D and shape them the way you want. You can you can actually export them into 3D like file formats. It's really yeah, it's really cool. Like they just did a whole lot with this game. It's it's really really short. It's super super short. But it's just all about teaching people about this art form. Honestly, I'm all about it, especially if it's a game that has a separate message to it. In this case, you said convey information about this style of art. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for that. Which um, I'm completely, completely ignorant to 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 the style of art, but I believe that it is like uh, it's, it's 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 very regional somewhere. It's like a Middle East type thing. I don't know. There's something to be said about games that do this kind of thing too, because I mean, again, we get we're getting thousands of new video games a year, mm-hmm. and a general criticism that a lot of companies or people or the reviewers or humans in general mm-hmm. will make about a game is that you know it doesn't do enough new. It's not different enough. And the reality of it is, it's because we've practically done everything. We've done a lot. This this game is unique. Or at least it's doing some things that other games have done, but it's like, no, 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 let's do this one thing really well. Exactly. Like, I feel like that's happening more now. People are finding, they're finally stepping out and saying, here's a really bizarre thing that mm. either no one's ever tried before or they were just too afraid to try. Like, yeah. There's no way this would sell, but you know what? <laughs> I can make this game, and if it sells to two people, that's enough. Yes, yeah, like uh, like, like passion projects, you know, mm-hmm. or or like like I was saying, like uh, distilling down to like one type of mechanic or one one type of a game, and just really focusing on that one thing and doing it really well. Like uh, even like Half Minute Hero or yes, stuff like that, where it's like it's like RPG stuff, but like let's just do it like real fast and like do it this specific way. And you know? in that regard, it became mm-hmm. a game unlike any other game, even though it shares a lot of mechanics right. with an entire genre. I can't name another RPG that plays the way that game does. Mm-hmm. Even though games like Enter the Gungeon, they were like, let's make a roguelike, but with with like shmup bullet hell elements, but then let's just like take it to the nth degree and see how far we can go with it. And they went like, or a Hotline Miami is the same way too, where they were like, let's make like super twitch controls top down, but make it so frustratingly hard that the game becomes a puzzle. Yeah, and that's, you know? that's the most yeah. interesting thing of all. It's like, let's take this ridiculously gory game that would appeal to like, you know, people who just want to play a violent game, right. but make a puzzle and make it difficult so they don't yeah. just get a rush. They are actually stuck being stumped on how to beat this level. And then now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm just murdering it. And then you're like, if I hit that guy with the bat, he'll ricochet into the door. Right. Now the door is happening at a 45 degree angle. Now I'll have just enough time to smash that man's head into a toilet. And then I can get out with the cash. And I'm like, all of that to me is not appealing, but like the puzzle elements and like the story elements of That's the game. That's the appealing part. I'm like, I really want to play this game, but like so much of the other parts of the game actually kind of turned me off from it. But like, I'm the same way. But there's so much other stuff like with the music. It's just, I, I should just, I should just 
just do it. I actually have the first it. one on my. I'm gonna yeah. say I have it on the Vita right now, and I just I tried. I'm like ah, I don't want to <laughs> do it. But I'm like again the like you said the puzzly mm-hmm, element mm-hmm. and trying to organize a path through the home and doing all this yeah. stuff. It, the thought of that sounds awesome. And of course, you got to bring in the mash. Like, which is the best mask to you? Yeah, yeah it's it's wild. The um, uh, there's an episode of the Forever Sound Version podcast where Michael Michael Bridgewater talks with one of his friends who is like way into the game, and they just listen to a ton of music from the game. And they talk all about it, and it's it's really interesting. It's really cool. So if you want to go back and and look for that, it's pretty interesting. All right, so we're on to your last one. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now this is the game that inspired the concept of bringing in this topic <laughs> and it goes very well with what we were just discussing so once the track plays we'll get into that but i hope i get the right track names i wrote down two so we'll see this track is from the game Wilmot's warehouse and the track is titled transmission transition <laughs> and is composed by eli rainsbury Welcome back. You're listening to the track Transmission Transition from the game Wilmot's Warehouse, composed by Eli Rainsbury, existing on, I want to say, Steam and the Switch. That's where I've seen it, yeah. This this game, 
I saw a review for it somewhere. I mean, it was like Polygon. And I'm like, this is right up my alley. This it's game, so cool. When I got the code to review this, I had no idea <laughs> how addicted to it I could get. This thing, this is the prime example of a game that a major studio would never put out. Ever. Because looking at it on paper, it seems like the most uninteresting game I've ever seen. And yet, it was my favorite game that I reviewed last week. I got a code on Steam, and I'm probably going to buy it on the Switch mm. because I want it on my Switch. This freaking glories. What is the game? You are a square, mm. both in trendiness and in shape, named <laughs> Wilmot who's working in a monochrome warehouse. And your job is to stock goods and deliver them to guests, to customers. That That is the game. Yeah. A truck will show up and it will drop off 15 squares. And you have to take those squares in two to three minutes, put them somewhere, anywhere in the warehouse. Yeah, somewhere where you can get to them easily, right? That's correct. Yeah. Because when time's up, Guests will arrive, and they will want things. A combination of things. Some can be easy, some can be frustrating. And you have to acquire them and provide them with what they want and then clock out of work. The faster <laughs> oh, then you, you actually have to clock out? You have to clock out. <laughs> because once you <laughs> clock out, the, the faster you do it, the more performance stars you get because you were fast on the take of mm-hmm. delivering your goods, which is what you use to upgrade Wilmot and expand the warehouse. Right, saying that you can like um, you can carry more items, or you can like bust through like blocks to store more things. Uh huh. So cool. Dash. And the thing that's weird about this game. So two things. One is the fact that you might be telling yourself, "Eh, well, they're all there. I'll just stare at the screen and see where a square is and pick it up and move it." Well, you can only see what a square is when you're close to it. It's basically like providing a sense of a field of vision. If yeah. you're not close enough, you're just squinting, and you, you can't see what's in the box. Right. You have to kind of remember where you put things, right? Yes. <laughs> so and cool. I love it. So then you might be thinking, well, I'll just organize it. Then it's pretty, I'm sure it's pretty easy to just organize a bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Well, they flim-flam you there, too, because they use shapes, they use colors, they use a combination of those things, and they screw with you. So like early on in the game, you're getting blue boxes with stuff in them, and you just kind of picture snowflakes and like mittens and hats and you're like this is all winter stuff so i'm going to make a winter section of the warehouse and i'll know that mittens are here skis are here da 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 and then you'll get a thing that's also blue but it's a beaker <laughs> and you're like okay well this blue beaker i guess it can be like a, a, a antarctic sub-zero space um you know research center i'll just put up with the winter stuff until more science stuff shows up. And you're like, okay, I need to get the science stuff over here. Put it here. So, so you, you don't some... know what's coming next. No. So, are... it could, so suddenly it could all be blue. And then like you're just like stocking like one corner of the warehouse of just random blue stuff. And, it's, and this is how they hit you. This is how they really hit <laughs> That's you. That's hilarious. So you start out with like, let's say three things. Yeah, so it was yeah, easy yeah. for me to go, this is all winter stuff. But then they start adding more and more and more different products. Up to a total of 200 different products your warehouse can have stored in it. And it gets more confusing as they provide more stuff because your concept, the organization just starts to break down. Because now color isn't enough. Shape isn't enough. Time of year isn't enough. Price value, which you attribute to it yourself, is not enough. And you're freaking out. But you only got two minutes to sort the truck delivery out and put it all on the walls. Until three days have gone by. Mm-hmm. On the fourth day, 
Lord said, let there be infinite time. And so there was. Oh, okay, so you have three days for like like to complete things, to clock out and get bonuses. And on the fourth day, you get a day to just to sort of get everything. Just to sort it. Infinite time. And I'm going to tell you something. When this music is playing and the clock does not exist, there's something primal that <laughs> unlocks. And you find yourself going to town on your warehouse. You're sorting stuff like a maniac. You have it down to a science. And when that door opens the next day, you're going to be ready. Ready to ship goods. It's, it's, I, I can't. It's a level of amazement in the field of organization that I wish I could invoke on my home, that's but amazing. I can't. Oh, that's so it's, cool. I was so excited to review this this week. You have no idea. <laughs> I was like, I can't wait to talk about a game where I'm stocking goods and shipping them to customers. What is wrong with me? Again, Borderlands 3 came out this week. We got Link's Awakening coming out next week. There's a lot of big hits. What is Pernell excited about? I'm stocking a warehouse and shipping the goods. <laughs> this is what gaming has become for me, yeah. folks. This is this is why we're doing this episode. Yes. Because when you said, let's do organization, I'm like, get organized. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I just read about this game. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. This is so good. So it looks like, to me, it looks like they, they designed what could have been a board game and then came up with some kind of action elements to it to make it more um uh, uh like uh, user give like more user feedback you know what i mean like to mm-hmm. have more things happen so that, that's really exciting more interactive and i also just like that it's again it's minimal like it yeah. doesn't have amazing graphics no one's going to complain about the performance yeah. of the game yeah it's just here's some rectangle or some squares with shapes in them now, granted if, if if you're if you're into graphic design though like you're probably seeing things like we're not like the iconography is really specific the colors are really specific like, it's oh, yeah. all within a very specific palette of colors um the iconography is really small but like it's really obvious like that is you know a sun that's a plug that's a ski you know that that's a i don't know what that is a plus sign but they did a genuinely great job with these objects. really good really clever and there's something I like. There's a look. There's also some that they. I'm almost positive he they intentionally wanted you to possibly see two different yeah, two, things. Two different things. Like, is it a marble or is it a is it a, a cat's eye? Yeah. You don't know. It could be both. Is that a cake or is that a brick? Bite it and find <laughs> out. But there you go. It's just I. It's really clever. It's it's one of those games. Like I recommend this wholeheartedly, and yet at the same time, I'm like. I'm almost afraid to. I could picture someone playing this and going, man, well, what was with you and your OCD stuff, man? Because I'm, this isn't even fun to me. I'm like, no, it's fun to me. It's glorious. That's a great game. It looks it looks great. I think a lot of people are into it. Yes. Um, I, hope, I, hope, I hope a lot of people get a chance to try it out. Maybe they'll... Maybe if there's enough success on Switch, it might get ported to other systems as well. I hope so. It deserves to but, get I mean, they're gonna, the they're, they're going to catch a lot of people with just Steam and... Switch. Um, Switch, that's enough. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm going to turn this track down, this nice mellow track. But you don't have to turn it down far. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to go into the part of the show that is called the bonus round. The bonus, bonus round. The bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes on our theme. And our theme is organization. And the original organization game is Sokoban. Oh! Sokoban. That is the uh, the Japanese art 
of moving crates. <laughs> no. Oh, that's the Japanese no. word. It's like a guy with like an oil painting. <laughs> yeah. Just like moving boxes as old as time itself. It's man uh, pushed boxes. I mean, like you've seen this. What was the game? It was it was called Sokoban on the Game Boy in Japan, but in America it was Boxel. Boxel. So if you might remember Boxel, it's like a small room with boxes. You have to move the boxes onto um, targets, but they you can't you can't pull them. You can only push. Mm-hmm. So it's very like think ahead. It's very um, um, plan your next move. Don't block yourself. Get them in the right spot. Um, and this 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 theme has been iterated into mini games across the, like for years and years and years and years and years. Most recent one I've played is one where it's moving boxes, but they also reflect light rays. Yes. So it's a combination of you can only push the blocks, but you also got to make sure the light hits the mirror That's inside cr- the box. Oh, it's like another right. level of 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 complexity, but. If you go to sokobanonline.com, there are, there are just tons and tons of puzzles, and they add more mechanics of not just targets, but you have to match the colors of the, of, the, of the crates to the targets. They add conveyor belts. They add crazy amount of stuff. And the more they add, the more confusing it is to me. But there's so much there, and they have their own soundtrack, Ooh. which is amazing. It's by the chiptune artist Beek, B-E-E-K, his name is Chris J. Del Camino, and it is fantastic. So, of all of the music he wrote for this game that you just play online, I mean, you can just you can play it right now. You can just turn this podcast off. Don't do that, and just start playing this game. Um, it, this is a uh, a bonus track called "Youthful." Okay. So they're all like all the tracks are like mindful, thoughtful. This one is youthful, a quality very important for pushing lots of boxes. <laughs> yeah. But this is finally an appropriate bonus round track because it is a bonus track of the game <laughs> um, from SokobanOnline.com. This is Youthful by the artist Beak.
is the track Youthful, a bonus track from the game Sokoban Online, sokobanonline.com, by the artist Beak, Chris J. Del Camino. This was a gym. Yes. I know. Like once I once I started looking for Sokoban games, I found like just remakes and version other versions of Sokoban um outside of like the Game Boy and I found out like on the Game Boy DS or Nintendo DS. Mm-hmm. And then I found this. I'm like, this is this is awesome. Like they commissioned this guy to build some like this just some amazing chip tunes. Like the soundtrack has like straight chip tunes. Like this song has um, a mixture of like Game Boy and guitar and like live drums and some of it's just um, piano. It's really cool. I really really cool. I genuinely found a solid love for it. I was doing the little little bit of a dance to it. Even it's like found my little groove to it. Yeah, you were dancing along to this track, so I knew I got a winner here. So yes, if you want more information about this one, I've got a link to his Bandcamp where you can get all of the tracks, and I'll have links to the uh, the website too, where you can play Sokoban because it's addictive. Like you, you want, just play through the um the tutorials because like it starts off nice and easy, but like even the easy stuff is just like hard. <laughs> this is a dangerous. This is a dangerous world I could be stepping into. Yeah, it's it's fun though. All right, and and also the graphics are super cheesy. There's like zero animation. It's just like little man. It's like this this stealth, this stick figure just sliding across the yeah, floor. Yeah, it's like they they have like a little bit of um. It remind me a little bit of a uh, what's that game you're playing? A thousand one spikes. Okay, like like that level of detail, but like they're very like blocky, okay. which is a game about blocks. So, all right, so what you got? All right, so I went a little bit of a weird level on this one for myself too, mm-hmm. and I only discovered this track a few days ago. No kidding. So, I guess this episode will release on coming Monday. Um, that Friday, the Sega Genesis Mini is coming out. Yeah, that's right. It is, as you'd expect, a mini console with a bunch of ROMs stacked into it. <laughs> right. The, hopefully the biggest and the best of your Genesis childhood memories. Now, what I did not realize is that the menu music, keep in mind the theme for organization is obviously menu organization, mm-hmm. where the games are stored, what folders, blah, blah, blah. But anyway... The menu music for this system is an original track composed by Yuzo Koshiro. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I listened to it, and I loved it. I it, it It is a nostalgia trip, and I don't want to say anything about it until after it's played, but just know, well, if you don't, I'll be sad, it's, it's gonna but take you, you will love it. It's going to take you for a ride. Yes. Um, so this is the Sega Genesis Mini's menu music. Composed by Yuzo Koshiro. Thank you. 
Sega Genesis Mini Game Console, composed by Yuzo Koshiro. And I hope that you enjoyed that interesting trek down memory lane where he took what I gather to be the actual tracks from a number of different well-known Genesis Mm. games, remixed them slightly, and then slapped them together into a nice medley. Yeah, I liked it all. I love the way it started with that kind of Starlight Zone-ish. It was like Starlight Zone slash golf game. Which I I would love a full I would love a full realized song of that. It was so chill. <laughs> and then once um Comic Zone started playing, I heard that guitar and I was like, Oh, are they doing Road Rash? But no, man, it was Comic Zone. That's right. That's really good. But he uh, he toned down the um that like harsh guitar no, harsh guitar uh, sound. I guess I can see why too, because I mean oh, like, yeah, as much as I love that sound, it probably would have been a little heavy for that yeah, track combo. Really, really good. That's just super cool. See, the one thing I'm I'm disappointed is that 
the um the genesis really built itself on top of like sports games and like big licensed like uh games Uh which of course they wouldn't be able to re-release again yeah so but but to that credit though or to that merit is that like suddenly this this system's gonna have a lot of games that a lot of people have never played before yep if you were um, so. all about the Bulls versus Lakers or the Bulls versus Blazers or the Bulls versus the fading contract deal, <laughs> you're going to be playing a lot of games that you're not familiar or with. Or some of the great Disney games that were on the system. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. getting their own little bit of a remake coming up. That whole Lion King-Aladdin combo. Oh, that's right. Putting yeah. on the Switch, which is actually quite a shocker to me, but it's also genius marketing. Like, hey, we just re-released Lion King and Aladdin in theaters, but now they're live action Those games look gorgeous on the Sega Genesis. Like, the animation was amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm that guy where it's like, um, it is unfortunate the Capcom Aladdin game is not going to be on this collection. I'm surprised it wasn't in that last one, that Saturday morning cartoon thing they did. I guess it doesn't fit with that whole thing. But Well, yeah, because I think the Saturday morning cartoon thing were, was only all, NES games. Oh, oh, that's right. It was. Yeah, but those are all Capcom. I was like, that would have been perfect. Disney Afternoon. I yeah. loved it. Maybe and, there's another one on the way. But anyway, if you want more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. And we'll have links to SoundClouds and Bandcamps and everywhere where you can buy the music and support the artists. Thanks for joining us on episode 19-10 of Rhythm and Pixels. Get organized. You goober? Get yourself organized, you goober. That's right. That's Go- the full title. Gooberton. That, that's right. I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this has been good. This has been a great way to, uh, to explore more more puzzle games. Uh, puzzle games that I've, I've enjoyed on the phone that I never really thought of, but I was suddenly like, oh, that's right. Three's did a great soundtrack. Theming, I mean, there's a positive and a negative to it. Theming is fun because it allows you to go outside of your comfort wheel zone slash wheelhouse and come up with tracks that otherwise you might not even think to look into for an episode. Mm-hmm. Downside, of course, coming up with themes <laughs> and then rolling with them. Yeah, but- so if you have ideas, if you, the listener, have ideas for themes, or for uh, track suggestions, um, or if you just want to say hi and say hello, we'd like to say hi back, please please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Um, and if you'd like uh, more information about our show, uh, full track listings from all the episodes, and access to all of our episodes and everything else that we're doing, check out the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Um, and we can say hi to us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's rhythmandpixels, all one word. We have a little Facebook group called Rhythm and Pixels Chat. You can check us out there. Just look us up and um, and we'll just add you into the thing and we can just talk about games and music. Let's go to rhythm, uh, youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels and we have a 24-7 YouTube station, YouTube radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit music. And if you'd like to support the show, just, you know, tell people about it. Share it with your friends. Yeah. We're not going to tell Shout you. Shout it from the rooftops. I mean, like, we're not going to tell you, like, what to do or how to do it. You can just do Shout it from the rooftops. You, you can shout from the rooftops. Spray paint it all over your own property. <laughs> but, I mean, Halloween's coming. You can dress up as your favorite podcast host. Oh, that would be scary. Yeah. Um, it's, you just have to wear headphones. That is true. And walk around with a microphone. Really big glasses. Yeah. Big Big, big, big manly glasses. And let your hair grow out mangily like a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> and shave your head. Go bald. Um, 
or um, or tell your family. I mean, honestly, we have a referral program. If you the, the next three people that you tell, we will send you another family member. I'm still working on the construction process here, Rob. Don't just offer that. I'm well. I'm still waiting on the. Uh, I'm still waiting on the results. It's a difficult process. <laughs> I'm putting humans together. Ah, oh, well, get on that. <laughs> yeah, our, our listeners demand it. But if you'd like to, to support us in other ways, you can go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. You can support us there. You get access to a live stream of our show being recorded every month. So you can hang out in the chat with us and make jokes and make fun of us. And you also get a shout out at the end of every episode. So we'd like to thank that Nick Walker, Mike Myers, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Schenstrom, Bobby Arson of One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, OK Impala, Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound version podcast, Brian Pitt, Chris Murray, uh, that dude, Das Dude, Das Dude, Das Dude, the Dude, the, the, the dude, the, uh, Martin Arginius, The Last Recon, Jupiter Jazz, Solus Sanctuary, Damian Beckles, Joe Vasallo, Chris Steenerson, Alex the Messenger, Messenger, and David Smith. And for the record, um, well, was it Mike? Michael Bridgewater is doing his. Uh, I believe he cemented that he's going to do his his charity stream. Yes, in November. Which yeah, is going to be some rubbishy games. Which honestly, it gave me a great idea for a topic in the future to do with him, which I think will be hilarious. Yeah, we have we have some we have some tentative plans to, to do a show together in the next week or two. It's going to be uh, a doozy, which is going to be great because we're going to be like, oh, it's only eight o'clock, and he's like, ah, oh, it's getting to be two a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys, wrap it up. So yeah, that's good. It's great. It's good. Good times. It's always good to hear from him and, and hearing about his uh, his progress through Enter the Gungeon. I'm always interested in hearing that. Honestly, yeah, he is wrecking shop. Yeah, I love that stuff. Um, but yeah, anyway, thank you all for your continued port, continued support of the show. Don't port our show to any other system. Tap the switch. Um, we we that is a good place. Port, port rhythm and pixels to the switch. If you're listening, Nintendo, please port us to the switch. Yeah. Oh, I love that podcast. Is it on the switch? No. All right. Well, maybe next or time. Yet it'll be there. <laughs> it's coming. Digital only though. Yeah, sorry. No physical copies. No physical copies. Actually, we yeah. should do that for a Patreon member. Send physical copies of the show. <laughs> that would be a You get like a USB stick. Uh, no, that, that, we could have album covers. Oh, man. It will press to vinyl an episode. Bam! That'd be amazing. That'd be really, really worthless. <laughs> nah, you can play disc golf with it. <laughs> anyway, we, I got to get out of here because I got to get up early. But anyway, thank you all for listening to the show. We'll see you in World 20. Stacy Con 2020. 2020. Yeah, wow. Yeah, 2020 is coming. But uh, Podcast World 20 is on its way. Um, this is Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Thank you for listening and have a safe week. And remember, communication is can be difficult for some. It can be difficult for me. I'm not going to lie to anybody. And it comes with its own set of challenges, especially if you're trying to introduce yourself to meet new people and make new connections and contacts. Mm-hmm. But certain things can factor into it that may make it a little easier for you. Most importantly, just the art of attempting a communication and conversation. And obviously, there's two things that can come into play to make it easier there. One, be inquisitive. Learn, want to be interested in learning about the people you're communicating with. Ask questions. And then beyond that, actually listen to what they have to say. Take it all in. Don't just prepare the response before you even hear the answer. 
the question. Mm. But in line with the episode theme, other last bit of importance to that is organizing your thoughts. Take the time during conversation, if need be, to just <clears throat> clear your throat. Or if you don't want to do that, even if you need like a little bit of a tick, like, you know, the rub your fingers again whatever it takes take everyone time. has their tell take time tick. take time to think about it. think about your replies don't just blah, 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 out say something that you don't want to say or have your thoughts misconstrued or unorganized mm. take the time get the thought construct it mm-hmm. organize it mm-hmm. lay it on the table baby mm-hmm. because trust me yeah, you've got great things to say and people want to hear it and don't do what we do that's for sure it's because just, I'm just barfing just, words Blabber, blabbering around. Yamma, yamma, dingo. Have a good night.